Good morning, beautiful people, and welcome back. It is your host, Mimi, with the Coffee with Curls podcast. And on this week, we have an amazing guest by Dr. S, a.k.a. Dr. Randy Sconyers. And on this episode, you will learn a lot of what he does for the community and also on the work that really helps everyone on their day-to-day. So tune in. also wanted to give you a light heads up that there is some sound technical issues, but for the most part, the episode is amazing and there are a lot of gems that have been shared. So I hope you enjoy it. Hello. Hey, what's going on? How's everything? It's good. How are you? We're officially recording. Okay. Great. How's it? <laughs> how's it? How's it sound? Though? It sounds good. It sounds good. Yes. Okay. Cool. Cool. Because I got. Welcome. A, a, I'm, I'm ready. Ready? Okay. okay I'm ready. No, thank you for being on. I know it's a little crazy, but it's all good. Good. Thanks, Noemi. I appreciate that. No, this is Dr. S, and this is Mimi with the Coffee with Curls podcast. So introduce yourself to the people. So my name is Dr. Randy Skyers. Um On IG, I'm known as Dr. S, and I'm a doctor of social work and a licensed clinical social worker. And I uh, focus on uh, mental health and hip-hop culture through my platform, Mental Hop. Okay, so tell me more about Mental Hop. All right, so Mental Hop is a platform that I started in 2017 um, as a way to um, really engage, you know, young people and, you know, really be able to connect with them and empower them um, in, a, in a brand new way. I really wanted to reach them in a, in a way that would, you know, get them excited about mental health and I, I figured why not do it through the process of you know hip-hop culture okay how, you know yeah no that's amazing how's that help uniting the two it's it's been great you know it's been a it's a it's an opportunity just to kind of meet them where they're at and and talk to them you know in the language and the culture that they they're living on a regular yeah. basis and you know it's it's it gets them talking it gets the discussion going and then through that there's an opportunity to really sort of infuse you know how mental health and wellness relates to you know hip-hop because it's definitely a connection between the two so For sure you know it's a great it's a great opportunity just to you know, to, to further the discussion or ignite the discussion and to start teaching them. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So tell me, what was the birth of Mental Hop? How did that become a vision for you? Well, I've always been into hip-hop culture. Like, just as a young age, I grew up in hip-hop, and I grew up doing hip-hop and, you know, as an artist, as a writer, as a producer, and um, you know, it's just been a part of my life. It's, as you know, um, hip hop is a is a way of life. And you know, once I got going into understanding what my purpose is, and and you know, helping people in terms of their mental health, it was only right that I find a, a way to sort of put my you know my passion um, and love for hip hop culture into 
you know, what I do. And I was already doing it without the formal title of mental health. Okay. I always use, you know, hip hop as a way to engage the clients or the youth that I was working with. So I was like, why not sort of formalize it and, and come up with a curriculum and come up with the, you know, a more structured plan to, you know, utilize, you know, hip hop culture to educate, you know, our kids. So, you know, I was sitting in my office and, mm. you know, as you know, we are creatives and, you know, yeah. just throwing around different ideas. And, you know, I started to sort of draft the logo and came up with the name and, you know, just started to see it manifest. And, you know, two years later, you know, doing some great stuff, you know, with the platform. So wait a minute. You say you was a producer. Let's talk about that. Let's go back and tell me about that. Yeah. I mean, and, um, you know, years ago, just, you know, I love the culture of hip hop and I love the creative process. So, you know, I'm, I was part of a, a group of guys that, you know, that, that are still my brothers to this day. Okay. And we still talk about music all the time. And, you know, I started just making beats, you know, producing music and for local artists around my way. And, um, you know, also as an artist myself, just the creative process of putting together tracks and, you know, and beats and, you know, digging in the crates Uh-oh. and sampling, yeah, sampling <laughs> records. And, you know, I've always been that kind of creative person. So anything that I touch, you know, if, if I feel it in terms of a, a creative process, I kind of run with it. And that's how, you know, Mental Hop sort of came and was birthed through that, you know, that love for the culture. That's dope. I actually love the name Mental Hop. It's very catchy. When I first saw, yeah, that. I appreciate that. Yeah, I thought it was I dope, that. like how you combined it too. Especially, I think for Black and Brown people, it's a way to combine the two for the love of music and also the healing part of mental health. Right? I think it's so important that we can combine the two and interest um, us into that. I think is a perfect segue. Yeah, I was. Uh, you know, it, I had some people who. They were telling me to change the name because, you know, they said really? oh, you're going to scare. Yeah. Like, they said you're going to scare. They said the word mental sort of scares off, you know, people and especially, you know, black and brown people. Because obviously one of the things, one of the challenges is sort of like the stigma and shame around it. And I was like, no, that's why I'm doing it. Like, why would I remove something that is a word that I want my people to understand that's more than okay it's not it's not a, a taboo word that we have to run from that's right so i wanted that to be i wanted it to be out in the forefront and i wanted it to be you know the, the beginning you know word that when people saw mental hop they weren't afraid to say it and understand that there, there was so much power in the word so you know we can embrace it for sure so when did you start in order for you to be who you are now, what was the process for you? When did you start healing? Or when did you see as mental awareness important to you? Wow, I think, um, you know, I've always sort of felt like, you know, mentally, like I wanted to be healthy. Like even just before sort of getting into the professional field, like I've always done a lot of you know, um, mindfulness and praying and sort of wanted to keep my mind right. Even if I was working on my physical, Mm -hmm. I never really neglected my, my mental, whether that was just taking time alone or, you know, utilizing the music as a means to sort of, you know, um, meditate and, and just sort of like, you know, 
you know, get away and, and practice good self-care. So, you know, once I got into the professional, my professional journey, um, you know, it just made sense that, you know, I wanted to go into a route where I could just help people understand the power and importance of mental and emotional health. So, you know, I started on this journey of, you know, becoming a counselor and a therapist and, you know, and eventually a doctor and then licensed, you know, here in New Jersey to help people sort of overcome their mental and emotional challenges that they have. And I enjoy it. You know, I, I enjoy the process. That's amazing. So where did you grow up? You're from Jersey? Yeah, I'm from Jersey. Um, I, I grew up in Jersey City, um, which is right outside of the city, right? Right outside of NYC, mm-hmm. you know, right on the, across, across the water. And then um, in my teenage years, um, my parents moved us from, me and my younger sister moved us from Jersey City to uh the suburbs probably like about 40 minutes outside of the city, you know, cause like any, most parents, you know, trying to figure out a way to kind of get their kids out of the environment, mm-hmm. which they feel like, you know, could, could lead them, you know, down the wrong path. So, but it, it was great because it was an opportunity when I did move out into um, Piscataway, which is a town, you know, near Rutgers university out in central New Jersey. That's where I kind of met up with, those kids that were doing at the time we were kids doing the music and they were doing hip hop out here. And I was coming from Jersey city, loving the music. And we just kind of linked up and, you know, we've been lifelong, you know, brothers since then and and loving the music, discussing the music, talking about it. So that's how I got my sort of like my start, you know, in terms of where I'm from. That's amazing. So I want to know, tell me about the nine year old Randy. The nine-year-old Randy, wow. Um, and, and that's a great question, too. Thank you. Good, good, <laughs> good question. Um, the nine-year-old Randy was just um, loving life, you know, living, you know, enjoying being nine. And, you know, and but one thing I always loved was the music. I, I remember getting, like, my first radio, like, my first sort of boombox. Oh, wow. And I had it. <laughs> yeah, and I had it by my I had it by my bed. You know, you get that that Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy. You sleep with it, right? Oh you yeah. Wanna, either you get a you get a bike, you're gonna ride it, ride it all the time. If you get a radio, I put it by my bed, and I remember, you know, listening to ninety eight point seven Kiss and one hundred seven point five WBLS out, you know, out there, and you know, listening to. You know, DJ Red Alert, oh, wow. DJ Molly Mall. Yeah. And, and I just was I just fell in love with the sounds, the music, you know, everything that the artists at that time, Rakim and KRS One, the artists I was listening to, um, I just fell in love with it. So I was always trying to <laughs> it was crazy. I remember um I, I won some award and they had like these prizes that they were giving out okay and um for some reason they had a vinyl record like and nobody no kid was like gonna take it you right know, most kids wanted something like a basketball or football and I was like no I want the you know I want the vinyl and I had like a low record player and I remember it was like an old band and I, I just loved spinning the record like I was <laughs> almost like I was a DJ okay. um and it was yeah and that was great so you're talking about at nine you know really fall in love falling in love with the culture even back then so it's great to be able to do what I do now and and, and, and still enjoy it 
you know. I like the connection between when you're younger and understanding almost your purpose when you get older, how that both connect. And it's just yeah, like, isn't that dope? It is, absolutely. Is I love that to yeah. reflect back and be like, you know what? I didn't know what I was going to be doing. And to kind of mm-hmm. connect everything around and how it's become full circle. Correct, yeah. And that's interesting. Like, I, I never, nobody ever asked me that particular age, but it's sort of like you brought me back to sort of reflecting on, you know, the, the journey, so to speak, of exploring and finding your purpose. And it's amazing how it can start, you know, so young, even though you, you might get sidetracked oh, yeah. and do other things, but it's amazing when it's your purpose. It's sort of like it's in you at an early age. And that's why I also believe, you know, doing that purpose exploration with our kids as well, you know, in terms of our young people and giving them the opportunity to at least explore and seek you know, who they are in a deeper, in a deeper way. Absolutely. So I see you have two beautiful girls, right? You have two young girls. Yeah, actually I have three. Yeah. I have, okay. I have a, yeah. I have a, I have a 13 year old, okay. 11 year old, and then I have the baby, the, the four year old. So yeah, uh-huh. that, those are my, my babies. Oh, they're yeah. beautiful. And your wife is gorgeous. They have a beautiful family. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. They, you know, they, they hold, I hold them down and they hold me down, you know, so it's great. I'm the only man in the house, so it's <laughs> it's kind of cool to kind of like, you know, I'm, they are daddy's little girl, but, you know, at, at certain, yeah, certain times, you know, I got to. I got to branch out myself to get away for a little healthy way. You know, I call that self, good self-care. So uh, it's all good. What, what have you mm-hmm. learned from your girls? Wow. I mean, it's... um. It's 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 crazy because you really get to see like you know how how strong and powerful they can be. You know, it's really it's helped me in life and in, in, in so many ways. I just have a a whole new sort of perspective and I really value teaching them, you know, the importance of sort of like breaking through ceilings and and, and not having any limitations and you know, not not allowing them to sort of, you know, doubt who they are. And even at a young age, instilling into them, you know, the beauty that they have individually and collectively as just a sisterhood. So it's, it's really taught me, you know, and, and my wife as well, it's just taught me like to really appreciate, you know, um, women and, and their journey. And uh, it's made me definitely more empathetic and understanding of some of the issues and challenges that women have to go through as well. And I, I think it's helped me with my work with young men. That's really my specialty. So I think it has helped me tremendously even, you know, working with the fellas too, you know, and helping them have a better understanding as well. That's amazing. I like that. Yeah, because you kind of you just learn from each other, you, your craft, and you really get to understand we have young girls, how things can affect, and it's a good way for you to teach or learn or pass the information around when you're doing your workshops or how, however you do your work, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, definitely. And they've helped me too. I mean, they, whenever I can, I try to bring them out to the workshops with me. Okay. And- you know, getting them to see the the business side of it, but also the work that I do in terms of servicing other people. And they really enjoy it too. They've been, you know, out with me a few times. And um, it's just, again, just exposing them to, 
you know, different aspects of what I do. And I think that's important also. It is. I want to go into more of the work that you do. I kind of want to share something that's probably nobody really knows, but I want to tell you this, and I don't, I'm not sure that I've told you this, but I always appreciate you for reaching out at the time that uh, Harvey hit here in Texas. Mm-hmm. You're one of the people that actually reached out to me like, hey, are you okay? Is there anything that you need? And I always appreciate that from you. And I want to let you know that. Oh, you're, you're welcome. Of course. You know, it's, it's um, you know, I feel like that's just who I am, you know, and, and it's not, you know, I'm not trying to brag anything. I really do love helping people. I love encouraging people. I really enjoy I, I get something out of it in terms of just seeing other people feel good. And um, as you know, at that time, around that time, you know, mental health was sort of just at the beginning yeah. you know, sort of stages. And I was like, I got to put together a shirt. You know, I wasn't even trying to like, you know, I wasn't trying to front and try to capitalize on the, on the, you know, the, the issues oh, and challenges absolutely. you guys were having. Yeah. And no, I really, I really sincerely said anything that I make, you know, anything that I get, you know, I'll donate it all to, you know, whatever, just trying to do my part, you know, and I felt so empathetic towards for what you guys were experiencing out there. So, you know, of course, you know, that's, that's the least that I could do. So, you know, I know you guys are pushing through and, you know, I just wanted to know that you guys had that our support and love on this side. Yeah, I appreciate that. But I want to go into like the work you do in regards to young people and how mental health, how to, I guess not the combination, but more, uh, what do you see once, let's say you teach a course or you speak to these young people, what is it that you see that our young people need? Yeah, so... You know, one of the things I just doing the work for so long and not necessarily doing mental health for so long, but just doing clinical therapy, mental health counseling, emotional health counseling and working with young people for so long. I realized that um, a lot of people would, you know, and a lot of times we would face resistance mm-hmm. with young people in terms of just getting, you know, them to a place where they were emotionally or mentally ready to to do the therapy. And um, I, I totally realized that for me, you know, I felt like maybe we were going about it the wrong way because it sort of um, didn't really uh, understand or respect the the notion that, you know, there was a, a, a level of stigma attached to it, but also people you know, if you're not, you know, accustomed to talking about your feelings mm-hmm. and if you're not, so if you didn't grow up talking about, you know, depression and PTSD and anxiety and anger mm-hmm. and sadness, then why would you all of a sudden feel comfortable, you know, going into a therapy session and, and, you know, talking about it with someone you don't know? So I always made a point. Yeah, I've always made a point that I wanted to create something that sort of educates our young people versus, you know, getting them, throwing them into the, you know, that that very sometimes might feel uncomfortable place of therapy. Let's educate them and kind of give them tools and let them know what this counseling and mental health thing is all about. Mm. And um, giving it to them in a way in which they can, you know, be the, they're the experts in terms of hip hop culture. You know, a lot of, so many young people listen to it. So it kind of turns the, the, the tables it allows them to be the experts at hip-hop and then we match up and I'm you know that so-called expert in mental health 
and we just talk, mm-hmm. you know, and they share with me and I learn from them and vice versa. So it's just another way to engage and, um, you know, and connect with them. So when I do the workshops, you know, it's basically, it's a symposium. So mm-hmm. it's not me just standing in front, you know, talking to our young people. It's me listening. It's them dialoguing with each other. It's me facilitating a, a guided discussion around mental health, hip hop and life. And they're so, they're so brilliant. And I'm, I'm not just throwing that word around. I think our young people are amazing if we were to take the time and really, you know, let them speak and really listen to what they're talking about. And they have so much to say in regards to mental health mm. and um, hip hop. So it, it, it's, it's, you know, it's just a dope process the way it takes place. That's good. Do you find that um, younger people are seeking help, more help for mental? mental uh, yeah. 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 I, I definitely more than, you know, generations of past. I really do believe that because we I just don't recall having these sort of conversations ever. You know, even in the music, I don't you know, I don't remember artists. And we had great artists mm-hmm. of our time, you know, in the 90s, that golden ever. But I mean, this generation is just being very, like, upfront with even the language. Like, you're hearing artists like Kendrick Lamar like, talk about PTSD, like, actually saying the word. You're hearing Meek Mill. I did a, a workshop tonight, you know, a symposium tonight. And, you know, we were looking at and listening to, you know, Meek Mill's you know, song trauma, okay. you know, and we sort of broken down and analyzed it. And we had some great artists of, you know, back in the day too. I use um, Tupac's um, Brenda's Got a Baby a quite song. a bit because, yeah. yeah, the song and the visuals is just, I've used it at my graduate, you know, teaching graduate students and I use it with the high school students. And it's just a, a great visual for them to see what trauma looks like for a lot of our young ladies. Mm-hmm in many communities that was based on the true story yes. so it's, it's kind of dope when the young people get back and they're like that's Pac and you know they they see Pac and listen to that song and not one curse in the song at all Pac was amazing that he could do that you know he had different sides of him so it's a great opportunity to kind of educate them you know in that way too so um yeah it's, it's real dope yeah I am noticing a shift of people of color going for more of healing a lot of generational wounds. Sure. And it's been mm-hmm. amazing to see that it's okay. And we're talking to each other and saying, you know what, I'm going to therapy and it's okay for you to do so too. There's an acceptance that I'm seeing in this generation that I'm not seeing when I was growing up. So I love to see that we as people are wanting to heal. Yeah, I think it's a it's amazing. I mean, it's it's everywhere now. We are really trying to we are really trying to change and break those intergenerational challenges and issues. And, you know, I don't even want to use the word curses, but just the way we kind of been brought up Mm -hmm. and and things that had just been our, our thought processes in terms of how we see things for generations. We are really trying to break those cycles and you know, when you see the, the, the merchandise and you see the different, you know, change agents and through social media, there's so many different people doing some dope, amazing stuff. And, um, 
you know, it's, it's just great to see black and brown people really like saying, no, you know what, we're going to take charge and we're going to break this cycle and we're going to make sure our kids and their kids, kids and, you know, and people in general, you know, are just, you know, in a better place in a better position than they, that they were in the past. So, you know, I think it's, it's, I think it's great. Yeah, I completely agree. So I wanted to ask you, how do you feel that social media is affecting people? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Great, great question from a mental health standpoint. Yes. Hmm. I, I really, I think it's sort of going to be, dependent on the individual right because on the whole it's just sort of like it gives us so much access Mm -hmm. it gives us so much um ability to connect um but at the same time um it it puts us in and a lot of times it can it can put us in a very vulnerable state of sort of this sort of false sort of sense of um who we are in our real lives um, maybe totally different than yeah. than who a lot of people portray themselves to be sure. or, or on social media. So it, it really depends on the person really not, you know, allowing social media to become their new reality. Mm-hmm. And sort of sometimes it's great to step away and, you know, just ground yourself and, you know, and make sure that you, you know, you're 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 taking life and, and, and taking life seriously and not getting too caught up. But at the same time, I think it look what it does now. Like me and you are, you know, I'm in New Jersey, you're out in Texas and we are able to connect and, and build and develop a great relationship via social media. So, you know, and here we are today. So, you know, it has its ups and downs. So it's really up to how you use it, you know, and and um you know, making sure your mental health is primary. So if it's if it's causing you any disruption, stress, mm-hmm. you know, or any issues in terms of your mental and emotional health, step away from it. You know, it'll be there if you want it to, you know, if you want to get back to it, but um, take that break if you need it. The reason why I ask, but you're right, there's definitely some positive and negative, but I think that's just life in general, right? But Correct. For everything, Correct. there's a positive and negative. Hey, do you ever mm-hmm. do you ever watch this show, um, True Life? Or do you remember hearing about that show, True Life, on MTV? I, re- I yeah, I remember hearing about it. I never really caught it. So they had like a new season, and one of the episodes they spoke about the addiction of social media, mm-hmm. or having to be on it so on all the time. And I found that interesting, having the need to be on it. And even myself, mm-hmm. like sometimes I have to catch myself because you're just like just scrolling all day, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You no, know? yeah. it's like uh, the twilight zone. You start looking at one thing and then all of a sudden you, you're there for two or three hours. and You're like, what did I do? Yeah, that's crazy. I, I, I've definitely been there <laughs> before, too. I don't, you know, and it's, 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 it makes you think, right? It makes you wonder. You never really want to say... No one wants to admit that they're addicted to anything right? in most cases, but um, I could definitely see that, you know, I, I've been down that road where I feel like I need to post and I need to <laughs> to to write something. I need to create something. I need to put it on social media. And it's, it's funny because... Um, my wife will use that those words. She'll say, "You're you're addicted to social media." I'm like, you know, I'm like, of course, no, I'm not. You know, of course, I'm giving that 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 
you know, cliche um, addict response with, no, of course I'm not in denial. Um, but then again, then I find myself picking up the phone. I mean, you know, picking up the phone and posting. I'm like, you know what? Let me step back. Maybe I actually, you know, I'm going down the, the, the rabbit hole, so to speak. But um, yeah, so it's definitely something that, you know, we definitely, definitely have to be mindful of. And it it, it is an interesting sort of way process, the way we sort of are now in terms of that, you know, social media you know, how do you feel? What's your thoughts on, you know, you know, the social media thing? I go half and half, right? There's days that I'll say, I wish the internet would just permanently um, go somewhere. <laughs> just go down. Yeah, I had that. I had, it's crazy how I have that sort of thought, like somebody just trip over the wire and pull the plug yes. out and, you know, but then I say, like, what happens to us then? Wouldn't that be, that's the, that's the interesting that's thing. Is fine. Like, I think we'll be, how do no, no, I know we, I know we will be fine, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see how people would respond. Yes. Then, do we go back to actually communicating to people, um, you know, face to face, you know, yeah. or talking on the phone, or you know, or I'm sure some people would be devastated. Oh, you for know, sure. If that yes. I like, I go half and half. There's days like if I make connections, like with you, I made some amazing connections with people on social media and it's been amazing but you know sometimes I even when I started podcasting I kind of struggled with like you know how much should I post you know that whole thing you know you're trying to Mm -hmm. build your audience but I'm like you know I am who I am you know and so that's who I'm gonna be you know I'm not gonna alter myself because of it but I just find it I guess with everything right um there's a lot of, there's fakeness, but I think that's just life, period, you know, but so social media gives you the opportunity to pretend to be who you are. Correct. Yeah. And I, you know, from a business standpoint, you know, just, I don't even want to say business, just from like, just being a creative, I I do like the outlet mm-hmm. of it. And then I did find myself at one point getting a little bit caught up in more like, the business, you know, algorithms and trying to understand, you know, when to post and times to post. And I think it was causing me, you know, I was losing who I was in terms of my creative you know, process. And that's, that's not really who I am. I just wanted, you know, I wanted to kind of flow. And um, once I got back to that, I realized that I was just enjoying, you know, posting when I felt like it and writing what I wanted to write. And, um, you know, even with the podcast, you know, I, you know, I was, I, you know, whenever I get an idea for, you know, a release, I'll do it. And that sort of was my artistic kind of perspective when I was an artist or producer, you know, I just let it flow. And, you know, if I had to kind of force it or be on a certain sort of schedule, I just felt like me personally, I didn't have it wasn't, it wasn't as authentic, you know, coming from me in that way. So, so, you know, I enjoy it now, you know, it's just making connections, connecting with people, supporting people, encouraging people, getting insight from learning from people. So, you know, people like you, so I check your stuff out and, you know, a few other people and, you know, I get ideas from you guys too. So it's great. Which is good because you do, you get to be creative and then you can be around creative people that can be literally be around the world, which is that part I love. Yeah. You know, Correct. Just connect Correct. with people that you probably would never connect in, a, let's say, the day to day. 
in, in real life in a, in a sense, but you can really learn from people and connect and collaborate. And I think that's amazing in that whole aspect. So I wanted to ask Definitely. you about the podcast. So what made you start your podcast? Um, so I started it. I, I started. So when I started Mental Hop in 2017 and 2018, um, I was trying to, again, trying to get more exposure and more opportunities to connect with people about mental hop. And, you know, I just said, you know, I, I forgot who it was, but somebody mentioned um, Anchor to me and I was like, okay, let me check it out. And then once I started you know, doing some research and I just say, you know what, <laughs> if I could plug into my phone, which I always have, they made it so easy, which is what they sell. Right? Yeah. And, you know, it just gave me the opportunity to start sharing. I did have, I had a podcast on blog talk radio, like maybe um, like some years ago and it wasn't mental hop. It was, it wasn't mental hop at all. It was, um, I forgot what the name of it was. It was like an empowerment sort of show. And, I, you know, I got some beats from one of my boys and that produced, you know, hip hop music. And I made his all his beats with like my music, <laughs> my soundtrack. And I was just talking about mental health and no real direction, which was cool because, you know, I talk for a living. That's what I do. So, you know, I, I get a chance to kind of have an outlet to talk what I want to talk and you know, and now what I'm looking forward to is doing what I'm doing now, which is connecting with more people. And eventually that's my plan is to, you know, is to have more guests just like you're doing. And, you know, it'd be dope to do a show with somebody like I I don't you know, I I would love to be able to just talk about life, you know, talk about real life issues, mental health and wellness, you know, with somebody. So, you know, it's it's cool to be able to do it in this platform, too. So that's the mental hop podcast you know hoping to drop another episode soon where can they find this podcast for people that are listening so you can find me on um apple you know apple podcast mental hop with dr s um i'm on google podcast anchor spotify um and a host of other you know um platforms where you listen to your podcast just type in mental you know, dash H-O-P, hop, and, you know, catch me. So he, you also have, you are an author as well, because I have one of your books. Yeah, I'm an author. I, I, you know, I put out a book a couple of years ago um, called Good Mornings, Wake Up Calls for Life, and it's a, a daily, you know, morning read, um, easy reading. You know, it's a, it's a way to really encourage yourself as you start the day. And, um, you know, I wrote that that book sort of just out of a time in my life where I was like just, you know, making sure that, you know, the, the goals and dreams I had, I was encouraging myself. Some days I didn't want to do it. And I was challenging with the things I was going through, like most people go through, you know, doubts and, and insecurities and whether you're going to be able to push through. And, and um, every day I used to write these, you know, messages to myself in my iPhone at that time and um, put it in my notes. So every time I type something, I would put in a note and then I would save it. And then over the course of, I don't know how many days, almost probably like a year, I had a bunch of, you know, messages that I wrote to myself and um, 
I started posting them, you know, on um, Facebook and then on um, Instagram. And somebody said to me, you know, you should, why don't you try to make that into a book? And that's what I did. I, you know, I took everything that I typed in my phone and put it into an email and started, I didn't even want, the editor asked me if I wanted to edit some things. And I said, no, I just wanted it to be raw. And, you know, if somebody, you know, would connect with it and could connect with it, that would be dope because it came from my heart. And, um, and I just shared it with the world and, you know, the people that got it, you know, appreciated it, appreciated, you know, the, that, that sort of raw and authentic approach to it. So, you know, it was all about encouraging the the reader. Yes. I like it because it is, it's a simple read and you can really write out your thoughts for the day and it just helps you process that there's something that you're either struggling with or something that's in your mind is it's a journaling for me is uh, a way of, getting my thoughts out there. Exactly. And that's what I wanted it to be because that's what it was for me, you know, as I was writing it, you know, was this a way to, and like I tell people, journaling is an excellent, you know, easy coping, you know, strategy and intervention that most people could just do, even if they're recording into their phone, you know, journaling and speaking and reflecting and talking, then that could be powerful in itself. And that's what I did you know, people can utilize their phones to journal. Yeah, for sure. So what would you, what would be your top three tips to share with people in regards to mental health? My top three tips to share with people in regards to mental health. Um, the number one thing I would say, and not in any particular order, but um, the first thing I would say is make sure you treat your mental health as well or better than your or physical health or see both of them as being equally important. Um, I think that's number one. I think sort of understanding the importance of your mental health and your physical health and your spiritual health and seeing how all these things sort of work together. Um, that would be number one is, is do more research in terms of why your mental health is important. Um, number two, I would say talk about it you know, straight up, just talk about, talk about your feelings, um, talk about your thoughts, talk about your behaviors and actions, because the more you talk about it, what you're doing is you're making it sort of a part of who you are. Mm -hmm. You're normalizing it. You're making it something that um, you do every day, you know, and as it becomes something that you do every day and it becomes a habit, it becomes that much easier for you to sort of release um, any of the stresses or emotional burdens or any um, built up sort of negative feelings that you may have because it's just the normal thing that you do. And talk about it with friends and family. You know, don't be afraid. Obviously, if it's something sensitive, then that's understandable. But don't be afraid to just get it out there and have those moments. You know, therapy is essentially going into somebody talking about how you feel. And most of the time that person is, you know, is trained to be non-judgmental and, and not sort of um, somebody that's going to judge you. So, but the most important thing is that, you know, you talk about it. And the last thing I would say would be, don't be afraid to get help. And I mean, professional help. Um, I just said that talking about it is great, but be mindful and understanding where you may need to, you know, see somebody who's been professionally trained. So counseling therapy is dope. You know, there's nothing wrong with 
going to see a therapist um, and, you know, working out your feelings. If you go to the gym, the therapist is sort of like your trainer at the gym. That's what it is. You're going in, you're working out, you're exercising your mental health. So those are the three things, you know, I would say that are important. That's a good way of looking at it and then putting it into, I think that, like you're saying, as the way you take care of your physical and other things, mental health is just as important to take yeah put make it make it a make it make it a priority make it something at the top of your list just like you know your your physical health you see so many people hitting the gym which is great and um but i i love to see so many people hitting the mental gym you know and that may be that that counselor that may be that that therapist that may be that that professional or it might be just talking about it you know, as another way of, of physical, you know, a mental workout as well. Yeah, that's true. So I know I've taken a lot of your time. So I just wanted to ask you one more question before I let you go. Okay, cool. cool. What would you tell now the stuff that you know now? What would you tell your nine-year-old self? Well, um, I would tell my nine-year-old self to enjoy just enjoy being nine. Don't lose being a kid. Like just really enjoy it because I, I feel like, you know, as we get older, we, um, we, we lose certain aspects of what it means to be happy and really enjoy and really embrace life. You know, at nine year old, I was carefree. I was really just taking it all in. I was learning. I was exploring. I was, you know, living. And as we get older, sometimes we have a tendency. I mean, I was imagining. I was like seeing myself, you know, being that that great rapper. I was seeing myself being that that basketball player, whatever the case may be. And and I was um, I was using my imagination. I was I was creative. I was daydreaming. And then as we get older, we sort of like, you know, we're sort of untaught those things, or we're conditioned not to do those things. And that's that's pretty sad. So you know, that's what I would you know say to myself, and I would say to any nine-year-old or any kid: dream more, you know, imagine more, create more, and just live life. You know, and I would say that to any adult. Now. Oh, I say get get. I say get back to. And in a lot of my therapy sessions, I you know I do that, and I ask people to go back and reflect, just like you're doing now. Tell me about, you know, your nine year old. What would you say to your nine year old self, or what did your nine year old self, you know, see do see themselves doing? You know, when I talk about purpose with people, it's amazing how people, you know, when they reflect and go back to that time, they really they can return back to their purpose. They actually find it again. And it sort of gets lost as we become adults. So, um, but that's, that's, that's what I would say. That's a dope question too. Appreciate so that. People, oh yeah, no, absolutely. So tell the people where they can find you. All right. So definitely I want people to follow me on IG just to kind of get encouragement um, and, and understand who I am a little bit more and what I do. Um, you can follow me on IG at um, doc, D-O-C dot underscore S. And then I'm also on IG at mental hop, M-E-N-T-A-L dash H-O-P. 
So on either one of those platforms or either one of those accounts, I'm posting, you know, positive stuff and encouraging people and, you know, trying to get people to think and, you know, and, you know, just be mentally and emotionally healthy, you know, and that's, you know, what I love to do. And you're doing amazing work. So I want to say thank you for being on and being a guest. I appreciate you very much. Definitely. No, Amy, I appreciate you having me on. This is long overdue. Um, I, I was, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, the Coffee with Curls podcast and, and being a guest on it and definitely going to have you on the Mental Hot podcast to sort of pick your brain with some of these questions as well. Um, And, um, you know, just uh, keep doing what you do. Keep, you know, connecting with people. And I think that's what you do great is you you get people, you know, discussing and conversating in a a very easy way. So, you know, I appreciate that about you and and your aura and your spirit on on Instagram and just in life in general, just the things that you you put out there, that energy. So I appreciate that. as well. Thank you so much. I really do. I appreciate it. And to everyone, thank you for tuning in. And until the next one, have a good night, everyone. Hey, it's your girl again. One more thing. Ways to follow the podcast and listen to the podcast on the following platform, which is Apple Podcast. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, PocketCast, and Radio Public. And also you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter under Coffee with Curls. Hit your girl up, um, share, repost, leave a comment, um, rate me, follow us. And as always, I appreciate you.